0: So I have to admit to you that Yoga is not an original teaching. It's been here a long time. I didn't invent it. In fact, you could say it's a form of Methodism. Methodism is a, a branch of Christianity that was started by John Wesley in the 1700s. And it was part of a an efflorescence of a Christian love. And Wesley was very moved in his childhood by... Uh, the writings of William Law, Thomas Akempis, and others. And he wrote a book on Christian perfection. And the idea of Christian perfection was the perfection of one's love for God. And he felt that one could achieve through that the salvation. There were arguments about whether you could actually be truly totally sinless or only relatively so because of whether your love would be strong enough to dissolve the ego this has always been the great uh, divide in Christianity and he himself had a very uh, uh, let's say a difficult <coughs> confrontation with human love that led him into a hell realm and the location of his hell realm was Georgia actually, Savannah, Georgia he uh, was invited there to be a, a preacher by Governor Oglethorpe, and uh, you know, in those days, you didn't just cross the Atlantic in a few hours. Uh, he got on a ship in October and didn't get uh, to Georgia until the next February. Along the way, there was a uh, there were two groups on this ship, the ship: the English group that he was with, and the Moravian Christians. And there was a, a tempest at sea one day, and. Uh, The English were freaking out and losing it in their pants and everything else. And the Moravians were sitting there chanting and praying and laughing and and singing and uh, feeling very, uh, very trustful of God. And he thought, well, you know, maybe they've got the right approach and uh, we're not quite there yet. But actually, a worse thing happened. He he had a shipboard romance uh, with a woman, ironically, named Sophia. And uh, it went bad as most uh, Chakra II endeavors do. And uh, he was advised by the Moravian minister to back away from this woman, but he didn't do it uh, in as graceful a way as possible. She made a stink about it. He refused to let her have communion in his church services. It was a a huge uh, brouhaha. And uh, when they got to Savannah, she ended up uh, hooking up with another guy and marrying him, And, and they sued Wesley, I suppose it was for alienation of affections or something like that. But anyway, he was put on trial. And this was a horrible tarnishing of the poor minister's uh, reputation right at the beginning of his career. He barely survived. I think it was a hung jury or a mistrial or something. barely got out of it. Uh, But then they they sued him again. And uh, I mean, he was totally beaten. He was ready to commit suicide. And he slipped out of Georgia, took the next ship back to England, and that was it for his uh, Georgia ministry. Uh, So uh, when he went back there, he decided that human love wasn't the way, and and Christian love, love of God, was much safer (laughs) and uh, better for your health. And uh, he wrote some very beautiful writings, which we'll be reading in our future book groups. But uh, he went back to the Moravians because he thought, you know, maybe their god is really the right one. And uh, he he got very close to uh, this whole uh, Moravian uh, efflorescence. We have a town called Moravia here. You know, it's also named for that uh, Christian movement. And uh, he was... Um, thinking of joining them, but they were dancing very close to a form of Christianity called quietism. And quietism had recently been declared a heresy. So he didn't want to get into yet another trouble with the law, and uh, he moved into another direction. But quietism is very interesting as a Christian movement, and it was a continuation of an earlier movement called hesychasm, And Christianity has always had these uh, movements of what we would call Advaita, or non-duality. The original Christianity, there's good evidence that Gnostic Christianity, as discovered in the Nag Hammadi texts, was was a religion of non-duality. What remains of non-duality is the statement, I and the Father are one, by Jesus. But he's the only guy who gets to experience that. You know, he's the only begotten son, and the rest of us are stepchildren or whatever, but we don't get to have full union with God in Christianity. And the problem is, if you do, it it threatens, of course, the chain of command from the Pope on down, or depending on the the Anglican guy at Westminster, whoever it happens to be. But the the problem is that how do you maintain uh, a sense of... uh, of of order and of legitimacy of authority if anyone can claim that they've downloaded uh, directly uh, texts and teachings from God. Now, if you go to the East, where non-duality is the core teaching of both Hinduism and Buddhism and Taoism and uh, pretty much all of the dharmas of the East, uh, they don't have this problem. So if he went to Ramana's ashram, he wouldn't care if somebody else claimed they had reached union with God. It wouldn't be threatening at all. Ramana would say, wonderful, you know, uh, or uh, or not, depending on the validity of it. But it wouldn't uh, threaten anything. And if somebody wanted to start their own ashram, fine. Uh, But there were many people with Ramana who had achieved... Uh, the state of non-duality, and there were no fights. If you're getting into a a fight over authority and power struggles, you haven't really reached it, have you? So the proof is in the pudding, and you don't have to uh, worry about it. But the Catholic Church has been very intent on that. And the hypocrisy and the illegitimacy of authority, of course, has led to all the schisms in the church. But there have been very uh, violent put-downs of these non-dual movements, whether the Cathars and the Albigensians and all of them. uh, I mean, there are thousands of them, literally, uh, through time, and they have been very ruthlessly destroyed. And so he didn't want to get too close to the quietists, who were teaching that the idea is to sit in a deep meditative state and annihilate your ego in the love of God. Dissolve the boundaries that separate you from God and become one with God, and that's salvation. Well, this is Zen Buddhism, right? This is uh, if if the Christian Church had gone in this direction and not declared it a heresy, there would be no distinction between Eastern and Western teachings. Uh, so uh, it's it maybe unfortunate that Wesley was afraid of of going in that direction, but he did himself have very powerful meditative experiences through. Uh, sitting and praying and reaching contemplative uh, prayer and love for God. But whether, and, and what he ultimately, I, I think, decided is you can achieve it, but just don't make it a theological principle, you know, and then they won't railroad you over it. So uh, we don't care whether you believe in duality or non duality here. The point is let the love, which ultimately is nua- du- non duality, isn't it? Doesn't love union? Uh, whether it, it achieves an actual ontological dissolution of the boundaries between the soul and the God is irrelevant. But the experience that you will have if you allow yourself to sit with that intention of dissolving in love with God, and it's sincere, as the first commandment uh, in the Old Testament says, love the Lord the God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy might. If you will do that, and, and with the, the consistency of attention that is focused within, not on an imaginary God in a cloud somewhere, but within, as the self. You will break through the duality and enter into the state of grace. And so all the traditions, East and West, both are aware of this. And whether they make it a theological principle or not, this is what prayer is. Prayer and meditation are the same thing. There's, There's no real distinction. And when you reach that state there will not be an ego to be questioning about whether this is duality or non-duality. You will be in a state of joy and bliss, and, and there won't be a mind that cares to quibble about these things. And this is the most healing possible experience that a human being can have. And so I recommend that you have this love. And whether the love is for God or for nirvana or your Buddha nature or Allah or uh, any name that you wish to give to this ultimate reality that is the source of consciousness, the source of life, the source of power, the source of goodness, uh, join that with love. Enter into oneness with that power within you and you will be liberated from all suffering and all pain and all confusion and achieve a state of grace it's not hard to do you just have to trust that it can be done and that you have that intention above all to achieve that loving union and the entire ego will dissolve that's the testimony of all the great sages and Christian mystics heretics or not who have gone that far in the inner journey so let's take the inner journey now okay